0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Christ Fellowship Online. My name is Jeannie Rodriguez, and I want to thank you so much for joining us. If this is your first time, I want to invite you to pause the broadcast and fill out a connection card at cfmeme.org connect. This will help us connect with you and know how we can best serve you during the season. And now, a special message by Pastor Omar. It says, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. In six days you shall labor. And do all your work. But the seventh day is a what? It's a Sabbath. Day of rest to the Lord your God. Then Matthew 11 says this, the words of our Lord. It says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you what? Rest. Rest for your souls. That is the word of the Lord. You can take a seat, everybody. You know, most of you know, back in January, my wife and I had our first child, her name is Camila, and uh, yeah, and we love her so much, she's been awesome so far, and I thought to myself, you know, since all the campus pastors brought out their little ones with them on stage, I thought to myself, hey, I wanna bring my little one on stage too, and so, I'm gonna ask Ashley, my beautiful wife, to bring out our little one, there she is. Hey, sweetie. Everyone, this is Camila. Say, hi, Camila. Hi, Camila. Hey, guys. And, uh, you know, as, 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 as every parent knows, you know, when you have a, a newborn, as when, you have a, when you have a newborn, there's three things that you're really concerned about. Number one is that they're eating well, that they are pooping well, right? And also that they are resting well, that they are sleeping well. Now I gotta tell you, listen, she does a a great job eating, and she does a great job pooping as well. And so there's no problems there, but we knew that we wanted to spend a lot of time focusing on her resting, on her sleep. And so can we show you a little bit of what we do, our nighttime routine with you all to put her down to rest? Can can I show it, do you guys mind? Yeah, all right, come on, man. So first of all, the way that we start is that we have, we have a, we draw a nice warm bath for her. Temperature has to be between 97 and 100 degrees, perfect body temperature. We put her in there and she likes to splash, splash. She loves a bath. And then afterwards, we get her blanket and a nice warm blanket. We wrap her, we dry her off, we take her to the room. Then we get her little nice jammies. We put on her little nice jammies. And then we bring her out to the living room and we give her a nice warm bottle of milk. And she, like I said before, she has no problem downing the whole bottle. No problem. She's always asking for more. Then afterwards, we, we, go, we go and I, and I get the, um, a little, her little sleep sack just to keep her warm. So we put her inside the sleep sack so she can be nice and cozy. And we give her some kisses and we snuggle with her. And then we bring her to her room, right? And so we, then we walk to the room together. And we lay her, now there's her bassinet, now she's on her, in her crib, right? She, she graduated to her crib, but this is, still her, this is her bassinet. We lay her in there, and then we put her pacifier, el tete, right? We put the pacifier right there in her mouth. And, and folks, you would think that at that point, listen, that we are done. Uh-uh. No way, right? Because we lay her down, we put her pacifier, and now we go to the living room, And now we have what? The baby monitor, right? And now we're watching her sleep. Everything she does, you know, we're watching her sleep. And then she likes to play a little game with us. And here's what she does. She, after five minutes of just being there relaxing, she spews out her pacifier, and then we play what? The tete game, right? And so here's what we do. When she starts crying, we go back. She's making eye contact already. So we don't want to make eye contact, you know? In the dark, we put it in, we, we move out, right? And then she's okay for a couple minutes, and guess what? Spews it out, cries again, so we do the whole shuffle, going back in there, putting back, and after about 30 minutes of us going back inside the room, then our little princess is down for the night. By the way, she's sleeping a whole 12 hours a night from, yeah, the Lord of God, hallelujah. <laughs> 8 a.m. To, to 8 a.m. To, uh, to 8 p.m. to 8 a.m., so... That is her nightly routine. And now then she's put down to rest. Guys, give it up for them. You've been a good sport. Thank you, babe. But here's what's most interesting about the whole thing. Camila has no clue that she needs rest. Or how important it is for her to get some rest. Right? But she just goes through her day kind of babbling and playing and doing her thing. And even though she doesn't know that she needs rest, get this, she starts showing signs that she needs rest. And you know how it is. She starts kicking and getting fuzzy and doing all these things. And so when me as a father, when I look down upon her, and I see that she's in need of rest because she's showing those signs, but as a father, I go through what? Great lengths to give her the rest that she so desperately needs. Now folks, let me just bring that over to our teaching for today because what a picture, what a picture of our heavenly Father! See, just like me, an earthly father, I will always provide the rest that my child needs. Folks, and just like that, and here's the big idea for this weekend. Your heavenly father wants to give you the rest that you need. Now, who knows? Maybe you've joined us today and you're in dire need of rest and maybe you're showing signs that you are in need of rest. Maybe right now, wherever you're at, you're filled with anxiety in your heart. There's something going on in your life and in your personal life that's just giving you anxiety, or maybe you're fearful about something that's coming up in the future and you don't know what's gonna happen, so maybe you're fearful. Maybe you've experienced a disappointment in life and so you're experiencing discouragement, you've lost hope. Maybe you have extreme sadness in your heart. You've lost someone. There's something going on. And you're in need of that rest yourself. But here is the great news on Father's Day. And that is that not only does your Heavenly Father want to give you that rest that you need. Listen, He is the only one who can give you that rest. So you may be sitting there, one of our campuses, and you may be asking yourself, but well, pastor, how exactly, how exactly does God give us rest? This just sounds such an odd thing. How does God give us rest? Well, we're gonna find out from the fourth commandment as we dive into Exodus chapter 20. All right, so if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Exodus chapter 20, and you can follow along with our listening guides, as well as in our app. You can search in CF Miami on the app store, Christ Fellowship Miami, you can find it there. But with that in mind, listen, I have two thoughts for you today on how God provides rest for you. And write this down as point number one. Our Heavenly Father gave us the Sabbath. Our Heavenly Father gave us the Sabbath. Now, when we look at the Ten Commandments, Uh, I don't know if you noticed this, but the first four commandments deal with our relationship to other people. I'm sorry, our relationship to God. And the last six commandments deal with our relationships to other people. But what's interesting is in the last commandment of the group that deals with our relationship with God, God doesn't, at that point, doesn't just give a suggestion, but rather he gives us a command to rest, and so there must be something that's very closely related between us resting and our relationship with God. And so the first step that God takes in order to give us that rest, he starts off by just giving us, offering us physical rest. In fact, write this down as letter A. The Sabbath day gave rest to our physical bodies, to our physical bodies. In fact, doesn't to the fourth, the fourth commandment. It says, "Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a what? Is a Sabbath to the Lord your God, and on it you shall not do any work." Neither you, nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor your foreigners, or anybody residing in your towns. Now pause right there. If you don't mind, whether it's in your Bible or in your handout, circle the word Sabbath. Circle the word Sabbath. Because the word Sabbath in the original Hebrew, you know, we always remind you the Bible was first written in Greek and Hebrew and then translated into different languages. Where the word here for Sabbath is a very similar word to the English one, it's just sabbat, sabbat. And the word sabbat, you would think that it means rest, but it doesn't mean that. The word sabbat simply means to cease, specifically to cease from all activities, And so God on this day, he institutes this day called the Sabbath day for the people of Israel, and it would be a day that would cease from work, and it would take place from Friday sundown to Saturday sundown. And in the middle of the day, they had a bunch of different rituals and traditions that they would always do on the Sabbath day. Now whenever we think, right, whenever you and I think of a day of rest or a day off, listen, we cannot wait for a day off, right? We work all week and we just cannot wait for, for us to enjoy that day off. So we have no problem taking a day off. However, for people in certain cultures, especially agrarian cultures like the people of Israel, listen, it's not very easy to take a day off. Why? Because that means you there's a loss of income, there's everything stops, a loss of production, a, lo- a loss of uh, produce, a loss, of, a loss of livestock. Everything ceases, so it's not very easy for them just to take a complete day of rest. But the concept of the Sabbath not did not only impact one day of their week on Saturday, it also impacted their act, the way they actually cu- they cultivated their land. In fact, listen to what the Lord tells them just three chapters later in Exodus 23 about how they need to give rest to the land. Listen to what it says. It says, for six years, you are to sow your fields and harvest the crops. But during the seventh year, you let the land lie unplowed and unused. And then the poor among your your people, they may get fruit from it and the wild animals may eat from what is left. And so do the same with your vineyards and with your olive groves. And so you see church family from early on, God was beginning to instill the importance of rest into the heart of his people. But unfortunately, isn't the people of Israel They struggled mightily in observing the Sabbath. In fact, one of the biggest charges that God had against his people was that they did not not enjoy the rest that God was providing for them. Not only in the actual Sabbath day, but also in the way they cultivated their land. To the point that because of it, God, because if God brought judgment upon them and took them into exile into the country of Babylon, because if they were not going to observe their rest willingly, he was going to make them rest forcefully. And so he took them out into the country of Babylon so that they can let the land rest and they can enjoy the Sabbath. And folks, the reason that God commanded uh, them to rest and was so adamant, was so adamant that they would take this day of rest is because, listen, if you're taking notes, letter B, write this down as B. The Sabbath day was purposeful, was purposeful. Now, in the book of Deuteronomy, about 40 years later, 40 years later, God restates the Ten Commandments to the people of God. But when it comes to the fourth commandment, he just doesn't restate it, but he does actually, he goes a little bit beyond and he kind of explains what the purpose of that day of rest was. And so listen to what he says after he gives the Sabbath command. He says this in Deuteronomy 5, he says, remember on that day, remember that you were slaves in Egypt and that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath. See, church family, the the Sabbath was meant to give them not only a time of physical rest, but in that day of physical rest, an opportunity to meditate on the goodness of God. And on that day, they were to meditate on God's goodness, meditate on his mercy, meditate on his His grace, on his provision, on his protection, on everything that God was for them. And here's what happens. When When they would stop and they would meditate on the goodness of God, it would lead them to worship God. See, the point of the Sabbath for them was not just a physical rest, but for them to be able to worship God. And, you know, even though you and I, we may not observe the Sabbath day like the Jewish, like the Old Testament uh, Jewish people did, can I remind us that the principle still remains? Listen, it is healthy for you and I to take a day of rest where we come and worship God. You know, here at CF, we want to always make it, give us many opportunities for you to take a day of rest and worship him. If Saturday is the best day for you to worship, to to rest, then listen, we have Saturday, Saturday night services for you. If Sunday is the best day for you to rest, then we have, then come to our Sunday service. But folks, if you're going to take a day of rest, be sure that you come and you worship him. See, it's not truly a day of rest unless you come and worship the God who gave you that rest. Now, let me repeat that. It is not a true day of rest if you don't come, if we don't come and worship the God who gave us that rest. Amen? Amen? You know, and far too often I see people on their day of rest Minimize the importance of coming to worship God. You know, only if it fits within our schedule, only if, you know, we're free and there's nothing going on, then we'll make it to church. And so I hear people at times saying, you know, well, I'm getting, on my day off, on my day of rest, I'm going to the beach, right? I got my cooler. We're going to El Farito. And so we got a cooler and the, and the drinks and the sandwiches and everything that's going on, the chips. We got the Frisbee. We're going to the park. We got this birthday party. We got all these things going on. But we minimize the fact that we, have to, that we should come and worship God who gave us that rest. You know, going, when I was thinking about our routine that we have with, with the baby every single, every single day, you know, Camila may have a long day, right? She might have a time she got fuzzy and she cried and she got happy and she did different things throughout the day. But I started thinking to myself, you know, every single day, regardless of her day, there's a specific time and a specific place where she comes and she gets rest. Folks, what a, what a thought for us. Sure, we may have a long week, and we may have family issues, and a thing with, uh, with, uh, with the children and the finances and that insurance issue, whatever the case may be, that work issue. But it's healthy for us that we know that internally we have a specific time and a specific day where well, we come and we worship our God, it's just so healthy for us. But you know, going back to the people of Israel, the Sabbath day was, uh, was was did not only have the purpose of of worshiping God, but there was an over a bigger overarching idea behind the Sabbath day. In fact, write this down as letter C: the Sabbath day was also foreshadowing. It was foreshadowing. See, when God instituted the Sabbath for the people of Israel, the overarching goal was not simply that they would have a rest and a day of worship, of worship to God, but it was meant to give them a day to, so that they would taste and have a preview of a more permanent rest that God wanted to provide. See, that was the whole point. In fact, if, if you fast forward to the New Testament, you know, during the early church, there was a big debate as to how we're supposed to observe the Sabbath day and the rituals and all this stuff. And the Apostle Paul, he writes a letter to the, church, to the Colossians church to help them kind of understand the purpose of all those Sabbath day. And listen to what he says in Colossians chapter two. He says, therefore, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink, or with regard to a religious festival, a new moon celebration, or a Sabbath day. For these are a what? Are a shadow of the, uh, the things that were to come. See, notice Paul is saying here that all those religious festivals, the holidays, and every single Sabbath day, it was meant for them to long for a more permanent rest. It almost like every single time that they observed the Sabbath, it was meant to be almost like an appetizer. And here's what I mean by that. You know, every single Friday night, me and Ashley, we try always to go out and have a a date night. And so, you know, we we pretty much go to the same restaurants all the time. And there's a little restaurant in Coconut Grove. It's a pizza place called Farinelli's. And we go there. We love to hang out. It's a beautiful little place. And since we are creatures of habits we always order the exact same thing, all the time. We always get the same appetizer, the same main course, and the same dessert, every single time, and for appetizers, we always order this thing called uh, uh, frito mixo, which is, uh, it's like a, a calamari, and you know, veg- fried calamari vegetables, and pineapple, a bunch of different things, and then for the main course, we always order a pizza, a special pizza they have there with, with uh, burrata cheese, and so it's really delicious, But here's what happens far too often. When we get the appetizer, I am so hungry, right? That I start eating all that appetizer, put lemon on it, get the marinara sauce, all that stuff. And you know, my little wife, she doesn't eat that much. And so I'm always asking her, you're not gonna eat your portion, right? So I start eating her portion and and you may relate to this. We eat so much of the appetizer that, that I get full. And so when the pizza comes, listen, I'm not even looking forward to it, because I'm just, you know, I'm eating it. I'm paying for this pizza. I'm, I'm eating this pizza, right? So I'm just like, you know, I'm eating this pizza. But what happened was, I, you know, I put so much focus on the appetizer and then neglected the actual main course that was coming. See, the appetizer is meant to do what? Just to, yeah, just to, just to develop a little bit of an appetite for you. For the main course. And family, that's exactly what Paul's trying to communicate here. Every single Sabbath day, that little one day of rest was meant for them to to taste and to long for a more permanent rest. And so what was every single Sabbath day foreshadowing? Well, very simple. It was foreshadowing the true Sabbath which is Jesus Christ. In fact, if you're writing notes, taking write this down as big number two. Christ is the true Sabbath. Christ is the one true Sabbath. In fact, listen to what the passage states as how Paul concludes right after he mentions the Sabbath. He says, all these things are a shadow of the things that were to come, but the what? Reality. But the reality However, is found in who? In Christ. In fact, if you're there in Colossians, circle the word reality. Circle the word reality. Because the word reality in the original Greek text uh, is a very, very common word. We learn it in seminaries. very common. It's the word soma. And the word soma means body. It doesn't mean reality. It means uh, like a physical body, like the body. And so the thought here is that every Sabbath day was like a shadow until, until the true body came. Amen. You know, when I was a little boy, I remember always laying in bed and uh, just watching TV in the dark. And they, you know, we always had our, our, uh, our hallway light on. And so whenever I would just be watching TV, I would always see a shadow of someone coming. And I didn't know if it was my mom or grandma or my grandpa or whoever it was. Until, well, until they got to the room, right? And so the moment that the, sh- the shadow was just giving a preview of someone who was coming, and then the actual person arrived. And that's exactly what the Sabbath day was doing for the people of Israel. See, Christ is the ultimate. He is the perfect. He is the permanent Sabbath. He is the perpetual Sabbath that we enter and being the one true sabbath listen he perfectly fulfilled the sabbath day he fulfilled it now you may be wondering well how did the true sabbath fulfill the sabbath day well he did that on saturday april 4th 33 a.d you know up to that point in jesus life Jesus lived that perfect life of obedience that was required of us by the Father. See, He lived the perfect life of obedience that you and I like well, we could never live before the Father. And when it came to the to, to, to Calvary, to the cross, when he was dying on the cross for your sins and my sins, and he was paying for the price for our sins that we can never pay. Listen, that was the culmination of all of his work, of his life. And then as we know, on Easter Sunday, he resurrected to new life. Amen, family? He resurrected to new life. But here's the thing. On that Saturday, he was laid to rest in that tomb. And there's no coincidence that that Sabbath day, that that day that he was laid to rest in that tomb, was a Sabbath day. It was a Sabbath day. And folks, listen. Because he was the true Sabbath that God promised, he perfectly fulfilled that Sabbath day. And now that he is, and now that Christ is a true Sabbath, here's what he has to offer. In fact, write this down as letter A. Christ now gives us rest for our souls. Rest for our souls. Listen to what our Lord tells us in Matthew chapter 11. He says, come to me, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you what? Rest. Rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle, and humble in heart, and you will find rest for who? For your souls, for your souls. See, folks, those are amazing words from the God of the universe. See, as opposed to the Sabbath day that only gave one day of rest, the true Sabbath gives an eternity of rest. When you look at that statement from Jesus, the simplicity of his promise is both striking and refreshing. Because as opposed to Buddha who tells you there's four, a fourfold path to reach rest and peace and enlightenment, or Muhammad who tells you there's five pillars in order to get peace and rest through submission. Or the way we used to like to do it as Americans, to go on Google and search for ten ways. To find rest. Jesus Christ, as unique to anybody in history, He offers Himself as rest. And maybe you're here today. And maybe you're here today and you know you're in need of rest. Sure, you have nice clothes on and you have a you have a a, a smile on your face, but you know what? It's all facade. It's all facade. Because deep down, you know, you know that you're in need of rest. And you may be asking, well, pastor, how can I get that rest that God is offering? Because listen, I need that rest. Well, listen, it's not through religious works. In fact, if you're taking notes, write this down as letter B. Christ gives us rest, not through religious works. You know, it's easy for us to think that the more religious things we do, the more religious activities, the more, the more religious rituals that we do, that somehow along the way that we're going to find rest. But listen to what the author of Hebrews says. He says, there remains then a Sabbath rest, a Sabbath type rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest which is Christ. Listen, also rest from his what? From his works, specifically religious works. You know, in order for the Old Testament Jews to be in right standing with God, they had to go through a lot of religious rituals, through a lot of different prayers, through a lot of these different things that they had to do. They had to go, but can I tell you, listen, all that stuff was downright exhausting for them and you and i may not be doing the same religious rituals that old testament jewish people were doing but can i tell you we it's easy for us to have the same mentality isn't it because somewhere along the way we think that the more good things we do that the more the more church stuff we do the more good things the more that we say the right things the prayer whatever the case may be listen that we may come to a point right where we Experience that rest, but that is not the case. Sure, it may make you feel good for just a little bit, but it won't give you that lasting rest that only Christ could give you. It will never give you that rest that you're seeking. When you think about it, listen, we do good things, we do good works, you know we we serve people we do the right thing not not in order to not in order to obtain the rest of god but rather we do all those things because we've ex- already experienced the rest of god you see the difference we don't do good religious works things in order to obtain the rest of god no 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 listen we do good things we serve people we love people because we've experienced the rest of God already in our hearts. So pastor, if it's not through religious works, listen, so how do you experience that rest? Well, write this down as letter C. Christ gives us rest through faith alone, through faith alone. See, in scripture, there is always a connection between, the, between rest and the trust and our faith in God listen there is no true rest there's no true rest that we experience without true faith and trust in God why because he is the Lord of rest and if there's something if there's an issue an area in your life right now that you are not experiencing the rest of God child of God let me remind you it's because you're not trusting God in that specific area If you're not experiencing that peace, that rest in your heart, it's because you are not trusting God. You can say you are, but you're not trusting God. Why? Because trust and faith in God will always lead you to experience rest in Him. You know, just like the Old Testament Jews, they struggled to observe the Sabbath day one day a week. Can I tell you, you and me are no different. We struggle to rest in the true Sabbath. you thought about that? We're not much different than the people of Israel. You and me struggle to rest in the true Sabbath. But it's when in those moments that we are struggling, that we're not experiencing restlessness, and that is when we got to go to God. That's when we seek God. That's when we go to him and we open up his word and read his truth and meditate on his promises. When we pray, when we spend time with him, when we just cry out to God, listen, and every single time we approach the Lord, he is faithful to give you that rest. You know, as pastors, when we're up here preaching, we're always preaching this message to ourselves every time when i'm up here i am preaching to myself but this week family i've preached a sermon to myself more than i could ever thought ever think let me end with this you know this week was very difficult for me um i I i share with you if you were here on easter week and i share with you how my grandma was very dear to me, and, and she helped raise me, and, uh, and I shared with you on, on that weekend that I would pray every single morning for God to give her a long life, and this past week was evident that her, her health is just taking a downturn, and a couple days ago, we had a hospice come and just examine her and see where, what are some next steps for her. And so my heart was just filled with grief, with fear, with anxiety, with sadness. And on top of that, you know, Ashley and I are in the middle of, a, of some major decisions in our life. And so then I started feeling this, the stress and the pressure of a lot of things that were on me. And I got to tell you, listen, I, I, I haven't cried so much before God in I don't know how long. I mean, I've... I, from that Saturday to that Tuesday, from that, this past Saturday to this Tuesday, I felt like it was just such a dark couple of days for me. And I remember that every single time I would just get before God and I would just cry out to him and I would read his word and I would just break down crying. And I would call back, call out to him and, and I would just. Just ask God, Lord, Lord, just give me peace. Like, give me peace. Give me rest in my heart. I, I'm struggling. And it was just three just really difficult days for me where I just got before God, and I was just broken. I was coming to him, like he says. And I got to tell you, it was about Wednesday morning or so. When I saw God's faithfulness start shining, shining through. And my heart at that point, it was so broken, it was so... And I just started feeling rest, just rest. And listen, things in my life didn't change. My grandma had still the same condition, the same thing. The decisions we're making were still there. The pressure was still there. But at that moment, I started experiencing rest from my Heavenly Father. I so said, if you're here and you're not a believer, listen, I can't explain to you that rest that a child of God feels, that the, you can't explain it, it transcends all understanding. Right. But I can tell you this, he is faithful. And when you seek him, when you come to him, listen, he's there. See, that's why David, in Psalms 23, which is a psalm that all of us know, listen, he says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want makes me lie down in green pastures and he leads me beside still waters and he He restores my soul you know the, the, the phrase there still waters in the original Hebrew the literal translation you know what it means it means waters of rest your good shepherd leads you to waters of rest so listen your heavenly father on this father's day your good shepherd is saying listen you're weary you're tired come come and i will give you rest but you have to come in faith you have to come to him in faith so the question for you today is this listen will you come to your heavenly father and will you do so in full trust and faith that is the question. This us bow heads for prayer, family. Father, we come before you, and we're so thankful for how good you are. Because, Lord, you are a God who always gives rest, Lord. And so, Father, you know the deepest corners of every single person in this room watching us online. Lord, you know, you're our creator, you know. You know the deepest parts of our heart. And so, Father, my prayer for all of us is that we would come to you in rest, Lord, individually, collectively, Lord, that we as a church, we would come before you and we would obtain that rest that we need. And we know, Lord, you are faithful. And with all heads bowed and all eyes closed, I want to speak to some of us here today because maybe as you've been listening to this teaching You've never truly experienced rest in your life. Maybe you've never done that. And you know of God. You know about the concept of God. You may have gone to church. You know of God, but you don't know God. You don't don't have a personal relationship with Him. So maybe you're here today and you said, Pastor, today I want to take that step and truly experience that rest for the very first time. And like I said before, it's not by good works, it's by ritual, uh-uh, it's by faith. Full trust and surrender in Christ. So if that's you, I wanna lead you through a prayer. It's not something we've here at Christ Fellowship. It's not a formal thing. It's just me helping you talk to the, your Father today. And when you pray, listen, don't pray this to me. I'm just a man, I cannot save you. I cannot give you rest. But God can. Here's what happens. When you approach Him in faith for the very first time, He will forgive you of every sin you've ever committed. He will give you new life. And He will give you that rest that you need. And from that moment on, listen, your life will never be the same. I promise. So that's who you pray this quietly with me to yourself, with all heads bowed and eyes closed. Lord, today I come before you. And I've been journeying through my life seeking rest, but have not found it. But today, oh Lord, I come before you to the God of rest. And I put my trust and my faith in you. Lord, forgive me of all of my sins. Give me new life. and Lord, give me that rest that I need deep down in my soul. Lord, for the rest of my life, help, help me to live a life that honors you and brings you glory. Thank you, Lord, for being so good to me. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. What a great message by Pastor Omar. If you want to take your next step as a believer, we want to hear about it. Let us know by filling out a connection card at cfmemmyorg connect. We want to thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time.